But we are in a series called Abounding in Love, and we are going to continue in that this evening. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12 says, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that He may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. Verse 12 says, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all. In the Amplified, verse 12 says, May the Lord cause you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another and for all people. Philippians 1.9 It says, This I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment that your love may abound still more and more. That means it's a process. That means you're growing. That means you're further in love and walk in more of it in the future than you do now. It's supposed to be that way. We should grow in every area with God continually until we leave this earth. Uh, we won't have to deal with the nonsense that's, you know, in this world, the darkness that's in this world when we're in heaven, but we're not going to become God. We're not going to just know everything and cease to, you know, some people think, well, heaven, isn't that going to be boring? We're just not going to have anything to do? I don't think so. Is God boring? I mean, think about this. God's always been. Is he bored? He's going to be forever. I mean, you're going to live forever, too. Um, if it were boring, God would be bored. He's always, he's never been a time he didn't exist. Talk about seeing it all. He knows it all. He knows everything there is to know. Well, we're going to be in heaven, and we're going to get glimpses of him throughout eternity. And he's so big, we'll never exhaust that. Think people think the universe is big. Well, who made the universe? He's big. There, his wisdom and his knowledge extend forever. I mean, people people think modern technology is great. We're we're just barely scratching the surface of what's possible. He knows everything that's possible now. When you think of how much knowledge is on the earth now compared to, you know, 1,500 years ago, well, they didn't know much. Well, that's not even a fraction of how much what we know now is compared to what can be known and what God knows. It's not even a blip. It's, they know a lot 1,500 years ago relative to us versus us comparing what we know to God. That's just not even worth talking about. So we grow, and we're going to grow through all eternity. We're going to just know more and more. We're going to think we know some stuff, and then boom, God shows us just a little bit more of himself and what is. We're going to go, wow, that's hmm, something to think about. You may go away for a while and just think about it. You have the time. You know, I'm just going to go away for a year. You know, there's no time. It's just constant, so that blows our minds. You know, there's no time, just a dimension here. 
but we're supposed to grow while we're here. We're, in other words, we're not supposed to be at the same place as we were five years ago. If that's the case, then we're, we're not putting ourselves in the position to grow and we're not exercising what we do know. See, we, we get knowledge coming in, knowledge, uh, I don't, I'm not just talking about head knowledge, but knowledge of God's Word, and that's one thing, but then you have to exercise it. And this is sometimes where we fall down. And we're talking about love, and it's real easy in this area. Not to exercise it. You could have, I don't, you know, how many sermons on love. And here, and, and have God be speaking to you and growing you up, and you, you're, hearing, you're hearing it, but then to do it is another thing. You know, getting the Word into you is like physically eating. You know, you, you get the food into you. Well, if you're on a, you know, a, a diet where you're trying to grow muscle or you're trying to get to a certain place and uh, improve, you know, train for something, eating's part of it, and what you eat is very, very important. You know, somebody said at one point when it had some to do with some physical fitness, like 75%. You, you, if you eat the wrong thing, you're going to have a very hard time developing the way you should. But that's not all there is to it. Is all, if all you do is eat, even if you eat the right stuff, if you don't put the exercise and the putting into practice of that, in other words, you're utilizing what's put into you for good, don't train, you're not going to improve. And so we can have the Word into us. We could have heard the Word. I mean, you could have heard certain things years ago, but if you don't exercise it, see, that's how we grow. You know what you should do, but then in a situation, your mind wants to go a different way. Your flesh wants to go a different way. You want to say something you shouldn't say. Well, that's when, when, when you exercise whatever it is, if it's love in this case, whatever the Word of God that you've heard, when you put it into practice is when you grow. Just like natural exercise. Looking at the piece of equipment that you're supposed to be exercising does not help. Eating, you know, the diet that you're supposed to be on, you know, and with your tracking app with all the calories and the fat and the protein and the uh, carbs, and that's all great. But if you don't do the work, you're not going to get to where you need to be. In certain areas, it's just not going to happen. And that's, that's, we can do that spiritually. We can do that as Christians. We can... Hear and think we know something. Hear and hear. Oh, I just need to hear another sermon. I just need to get more word in me. Sometimes we need to just practice what we've heard. And that's how we actually grow. That's how we see that the word of God's true and that God's faithful. You can hear about God's faithfulness and hear about God's faithfulness and say, oh, yeah, and, and, and look at um, examples in the word of how God took care of people. And then in your life, when something pushes up against you, you go, Ah, and you run away and, and you don't want to you don't want to put it into practice. You're like, ah, but this is look at it, it's right in front of me, and no, how would this ever happen? How do you think the people in the Bible felt? Same thing. They didn't know the end of the story. And some of them didn't act on the word. No, when we bump up against something that looks like, I don't know how I'm gonna do that, you know, talking about love. I don't know how I'm gonna. I, I don't know how I'm going to love that person. But I've heard it. 
I know, I've heard it with my, my ears, head, heart, now I got to act on it. When I start acting on it is when I see God is faithful to His Word, His Word works, and we grow. And when you see it work, and you see God's faithfulness, we get more solid and we grow. Now here it says that your love may abound still more and more. That means you love and, and it, it, you, you get more knowledge of the Word, you get more knowledge of God, you put it into practice, you see it works, and you come up. And then you get more knowledge of God and you get more knowledge of His Word and you put it into practice and you come up. Well, where's the limit? God's the limit. And He's not limited. He is love. And we can't comprehend, uh, you know, all of who He is and what He's done for us. The Bible said He'll be able to show us, can't quote it, you know, paraphrase, the riches and of His kindness and His grace throughout all eternity. Just to to plumb the depths of who He is and how much He's done for us. But there is no limit. We can all come up. And we should come up. And God will help us to come up if we give Him our will and we take the step. And we step out. Let's look at that quick in the Amplified. Verse 9 says, This I pray that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development. In knowledge, well, you're just going to keep going. I mean, like, like we said, you can be mature at the mature level. That doesn't mean you're, you're topped out, right? In other words, there's levels. We know this in school. You can be at the high school level. You could be at the bachelor's degree level in an area, and that's a level, and that could be considered mature, but you haven't topped everything out. You have an exhausted knowledge. Well, there's a, there's a, a level where you're considered mature in an area. You're considered competent in an area, but you're not done. We can come up. Let's look at, um, let's see. Let's pick up where we, uh, I wanted to kind of connect with what we talked about last week. Let's go to 1 Peter 3 verse 8. Love is, well, we know God is love, and love is God's way in every situation. Now, we talked some about words last time and in, in, in speaking in, in our words, and I want to touch more on that tonight. 1 Peter 3, verse 8, read this last time, it says, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous. Well, you could just look at that word tender-hearted. We're supposed to be tender-hearted. You know, this world, world will try to make you hard-hearted. You know, people get burned. Get burned by a person. Get burned by an organization. And it's tempting to shut down and say, no more. That's not going to happen to me again. Well, you can get hard. You can get 
hard-hearted. Uh, people can believe the devil's lies about God. Something happens in their life and the devil will say, that was God that failed you. They get hard-hearted toward God. They start closing down. They start putting a shield, you know, over. Don't let people in. Don't let, you know, God, I love him, but you know, there's, there's hesitancy there because they've been hurt. This world's not a nice place. But the Bible says to be tender-hearted. It doesn't mean you're stupid. It doesn't mean you're gullible. But you're tender. You, in other words, you, you're, you're open to flow with God. You're open to love who He loves, which is everybody. That doesn't mean you put up with everything. That doesn't mean you let people run over you. But if you start going toward everybody and going through life with a hard heart, it's going to get hard. And you're going to miss out on a lot of joy in this world. And we're not going to be able to, to share the love of God with other people if we're hard. We're always looking at somebody like they're already, you know, they've missed it somehow. We don't even know them, but we judge, judge it by something else, you know, outside or what something they said or, or whatever. And get a chip on, on your shoulder, to, to, so to speak. We're not going to be able to flow with the love of God. We're not going to be able to do this because we let ourselves get hard. And we think we have justification for it because somebody hurt us. Well, people will do that. You ever heard the phrase, hurting people hurt people? There's a lot of hurt in this world. And if we're going to walk with God and be His ambassadors and His representatives, then we're going to have to be secure in His love for us to be able to flow with that love to other people, but we're to remain tender-hearted to people. Again, that doesn't mean you just now put up with everything they say, but you, you, you're loving them. You, you don't go in with a uh, hardness to you. You go in with a kindness. You know you can be firm and strong as nails, but kind. No, no, you won't budge an inch, but you say it nicely. You can be mean and, and actually be waffling all over. And the reason they're so mean is because the person can be really insecure and really afraid and be mean, not actually be firm at all. But the more secure we get, the calmer we can be and the nicer we can be because we're not threatened. We're ambassadors of Almighty God. And regardless of what's going on, what regardless of what somebody does to us, God still loves me. I still know him, and I'm here to do a job. And so we can be tender-hearted. Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling. That's what the world does. I'm going to get you. That's not what God does. Again, we, we've spoken on it in this series. It doesn't mean we are a doormat. Some people have gotten the idea Christianity is weak and spineless, doesn't stand up for anything. No, that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're saying. We're saying to act like God. God's not spineless. 
not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit blessing. Verse 10, for he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He who would love life and see good days. Well, most people would say, that's what I want. So it gives us a tip here. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. So what we say has an effect on our life. It has effect on what we experience. Well, you know that. You can blow up a relationship with a person in no time flat. Right? No matter who it is. I mean, you can make your relationship with your wife or spouse cold, you know, for two days just by one sentence. So what should we say has an effect. And you can heal a relationship with just a few words. What we say matters and affects what we experience. And here it says, if you want to love, if you, who would love life and see good days, then watch what you say and keep your tongue from evil. If you just looked at this from a purely selfish point of view, like if I want a good life, watch my tongue. Because it won't go good, it won't go well for me. We're not supposed to be selfish, but I'm saying, you're not, we're not hurting. When, when we start saying things, and we, we're all guilty of it, we've all failed, we're, we're not talking about condemnation, we're talking about what the Word says, and that we can come up, we can grow, like we're talking about more and more. We can, do, we can walk at a higher level. If we spout certain things and say certain things to those around us, we hurt them and we hurt us. We change our path. For good or for bad. If we say evil stuff, it's changing it for the worse. Whereas if we say the right things, we say things that are in love, we change our path for the better. What if they don't respond? It, it's still better than if you said the wrong thing. Now, now both of you are wrong. God can work with if you're working with Him, see, he, He's not going to change. So if He's love, you want to be on the side He's on. Now, He can work on your behalf. You don't want to say, well, that guy's, that guy's, or this, you know, person is not walking in love, so I'm going, I'm not going to. Now I just turned against God. Now He's love, I'm not going to walk. That's not a good plan. That's, that's just, that's just going to end in destruction. I, I want to keep myself on his side. And so when we're talking about words. I want to say what he wants me to say, what he would have me to say, you know, kind, God, uh, words that are, are hooked up with him, regardless of what's going on. Now he can work in every situation. And Satan cannot come and point the finger at you and say, well, you said such and such, because that will happen immediately. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? You let something fly out of your mouth that you know you shouldn't, but now it's out there. And condemnation, you're a Christian, you know you shouldn't have said it. 
Condemnation will come. So now you have multiple problems. You've said stuff you shouldn't, and now you've got to deal with the condemnation of saying it, and Satan will push on you, and it will hinder your faith because you are, are getting pushed on. The condemnation will come so that you don't have faith to declare. See, our words mean something. See, on one hand, we declare something evil, and then we want to turn around and declare God's word. Satan will remind you of that. And it's not that God isn't merciful, it's not that he's good, but you will have hindrances in your faith in believing God. Look at 1 John 3, verse 20. Scripture right before. First John 3, verse 20. You bring it up? It says, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Notice it says, if our heart condemns us. People think condemnation is from God. God's not going to condemn you. You will feel conviction. That was wrong. But condemning is, you're not worth anything. Your heart, though, will push on you. If you're a Christian, your heart, if you say the wrong thing, your heart's going to condemn you. But it says, God is greater than our heart. And knows all things. Verse 21, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Well, confidence is faith. We have confidence toward God if our heart does not condemn us. You want to be in a, in a place where your heart does not condemn you. Then, verse 22 says, Whatever we ask, we receive from Him. So, if, we're, if, if our heart's not condemning us and our conscience is clear, then when we ask, we receive because we have confidence. It says, because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Well, we said, we've talked about it. Our New Testament command is, well, number one, to love God. Number two, to love your neighbor, to walk in love. Love is the royal law. Love is fulfillment of the law. And so when we speak things that we shouldn't, condemnation is there, so we can blow up a situation with other people, and we, give, we arm Satan to come at us to condemn us. And there's a threshold there when you say words. It's one thing to think something. Nobody knows what you're thinking. I mean, unless it's all over your face. People know what you're thinking anyway. But, you, you know, whether or not it's on your face, it's one thing people have to assume. But if they hear you speak, well, now it's on record. Now you said something. And now you know you shouldn't have said it. Well, now, like, like we said before, your pride gets involved. You got to, what, say that you were wrong in saying that. Well, plus the person heard it. Plus if it was... Negative, it, it, it 
affected them, their emotions, their reactions now involved. They may not want to talk to you anymore for a while. Even if you wanted to correct it while, hey, it's out there. So that situation's blown up. Now you've got to deal with condemnation. Now you've got to deal with Satan pushing on you. And now you want to make it right. Or maybe you're like, well, if I make it right, I have to go apologize. I don't want to apologize, you know. And you, now you're just muddy. Talking about the real, you know, this is, this is what happens. It just comes, you know, muddy. And you want to make it right as soon as we can. But, and we talked about that some last week. But our words are so powerful. And our words are what we're to use to declare God's truth. But we could, if we're not careful, we use our words to destroy people. People we love, even. You know, you throw, you, you say words to somebody and it's really, really easy to hurt people that you know well, that you love. People that you live with. Why is that? Because you know everything about them. And if you're close to somebody, you know, your spouse, we're to be partners in life. We're to, to shore up each other's weaknesses. That's why God put a man and a woman together is because they balance one another. And they are different. And where the man may be strong, both generally, men and, and women, but always, pretty much always in a relationship, some degree of opposite attracts. Could be, you know, really extreme opposites or, you know, not so extreme opposites, but, you know, rarely are two people that are really dissimilar are going to marry each other because they probably already figured out they're going to drive each other nuts. But, you know, when people are opposite, they attract. And so you already know going in, you're different. You're already male and female, and there are differences regardless of what the nonsense that's out in the world says. I'm going to just bypass that for now. As far as tonight, we're not going to derail our, our, our message tonight. But men and women are very different in many ways, and that's by design because it creates strength. In a relationship, you have a, a, a marriage relation. We're just talking about marriage as an example, but this goes for a friendship. Usually, same thing. You know, opposites attract. You know, you got two, two friends that one's real talkative, one's kind of quiet. Maybe. Well, there's a bond there. You know, one, but one person has no problem listening to the other person talk. The person's happy because they found somebody that listened to them talk. They go in, you know, it just, it balances one another. It's a lot, a lot of times the way it is in marriage. But you got different, different strengths and weaknesses. And that makes for a strong relationship when we're walking according to love and according to God's Word. But when you work closely with somebody and, then, and you know then that where their weaknesses are, because they're usually, you know, your strengths and vice versa. If we get frustrated and start letting words fly, it's really easy to point the finger at their weaknesses because you already know them. They're already talking to you about them. 
Because you're together and to be strong together, they're talking to you about how they can come up in an area and you're comforting them about it and vice versa. That's the way it's supposed to be is for us to go together. Whether it's a friendship, close friendship, whether it's marriage, you're, you, you are facing the world together, back to back to back, you know. But when it turns on each other and you start using words as daggers, you can cut through, cut to the heart of somebody, no time flat because you already know all the weaknesses. You live with them. And when we throw out our words, we can do it so easily in a matter of seconds that it gives Satan ammo for that person. They're already... They know what they're working on. They know what they're dealing with. And they're walking through life. And then a person, you know, if you're their partner, it's a close relationship. It could be a business relationship where, you know, you know. The reason you have a business relationship is because you're stronger together. If you're exactly the same, you don't really bring as much to the table as if you're different. you good at this. I'm good at this. Now we go out and prosper. So it's easy if you get into the wrong place to start throwing daggers and those, it's not just transient words. They, yeah, they, they, they happen really quick, but they know where their weaknesses are. They know what they're dealing with and they will more than likely get on your nerves at times because there's stuff you don't deal with. But then you're getting on their nerves if they don't watch it because same thing. They're not having to deal with your weaknesses for themselves, and they're looking at you. Well, if we turn that on each other, you let your words turn on somebody, yeah, you could dismantle them in no time flat. Good for you. They could do the same thing to you. (laughs) If you get in an argument, that's what's going to happen. And in a little bit of time, all these, you know, daggers are being thrown. And Satan will bring those words back to each person. You You say something to somebody, it could be your children, your spouse, business partner, friend, it reinforces the negative. And he'll come back and say, see, you are that way. Yes, you, you are, you, you're miserable. You, you're a sorry excuse for a Christian. The words just, they give ammo to Satan and they can rip apart a relationship. Our words carry so much weight and there, we're to be saying loving words. Now, every person that's listening, every person here, everybody that's online, everybody that'll hear this in any form, we've all missed it. We've all yielded to the wrong thing. We've all said things that we regret. Every single person. There's not a single person on the earth that's lived for any length of time that hasn't missed it. We've, we've, we've said things we shouldn't. But we have the ability, as we let the Lord help us to change that and to come up and to say things and to sidestep things that maybe we could have said. It doesn't take any special intelligence, any special skill to tear somebody else down. Now, somebody may be really sharp-tongued and witty and do it in a better way. But, you know, somebody said it like this. When, when you have those thoughts, let's say you're in a, a heated uh, place and you have the opportunity to say some words. Those words that are coming to you, just the perfect 
cut down and especially if you know the person and well, you're going to say this and you're, you know, there may be a silence in the conversation and you're thinking about what you are going to say. Or if they said this, this is what I would say. You know, maybe you went to opposite rooms. But you know, if they come back and say this, I just say this. Do you know where that's coming from? There's a little imp cozying up to you, feeding you that stuff. When I mean imp, I mean demon. There, that is coming from hell. And giving you words that'll cut and cause the greatest damage in the least amount of time. Words that will, are like bombs going through and just a few words blow apart. Relationships blow apart people's emotions and leave damage. And he'll help you. Satan will help you if you listen to him. And it happens to everybody. And we have to understand that's what's going on. So, I would say it doesn't take any special intelligence to say negative stuff. It's not a badge of honor. It just means you're yielding to the wrong thing. It means you're yielding to the devil. But he'll give you quick-witted stuff. Ooh, I do this. And then what? You say, you say the thing that really cuts deep. Then what? Especially, here's another thing. If you're married to somebody... Tearing them down is tearing you down. You married them. And you have to live with them. And you tearing them apart, or if somebody, you're in a tight relationship, if they're your sibling, they're not going anywhere. I mean, they could leave. But I'm saying they're going to be your brother or sister for life. You're talking about a business relationship or somebody you work with. Uh, yeah, you can dissolve that, but you may, it may cause some really big scars. And you tearing them down, if you chose to get in that relationship, especially you know spouse or somebody you got in a relationship with, you are ripping apart. Your, the Bible says we're one flesh. So you're actually ripping yourself. You all right? Too close to, to what actually happened? And, and it's like, well, I, you know, you, you act like you're, you're throwing bombs somewhere else, going to blow up in your face. And it's pride. Satan will, you know, just, well, you, you really showed them. Showed them what? Showed them that they're human? You want that turned on you? Because it's probably coming right back. <laughs> you, know, you know, that stuff in people just elevate. The words come up, boom, 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 and just can rip emotions apart cause hurt that stay there for, well, the words can ring forever. Now they got to deal with, now you got to get over the hump is, you know, I, I look, you look back at them or they look back at you and you apologize and everything, but they look at you and they hear what you just said or said three days ago, whenever it is you reconcile. And they have to get over that and don't think Satan won't come back and remind them. Yeah, they don't mean it. They said this. We all can yield to the wrong thing. You know, you, you've all, everybody has said stuff that they did not mean. I don't have to ask you to raise your hand. I'll raise my hand. You know, I mean, we all, we've all done it. You know you've said stuff. You didn't mean it. You just were being stupid 
I was being stupid. Well, if you can do it, they can do it. And a quick way to, to get to where you've forgiven people is like, well, I've said dumb stuff. I'm sure, all right, I'll forgive you. But the thing is, the bombs are out there, and it just arms Satan to come back with something. And, you know, you get in the heat, something starts getting tense. Those things start coming back. And this is how relationships can get destroyed, but we can yield to the right thing. Let's look at Ephesians 4, verse 26. Talking about love. I mean, words, think about it. You want to... You want to act in love, of course. Words can be shallow. There's a whole lot that comes through words as to whether somebody cares for you or not cares for you. Is that true? Sure, they can show you. That's part of it, too. Somebody can say a bunch of words and then show you something else. But there's a whole lot of things. We love each other with our words. What you say to somebody and how you treat them has a lot to do with how they feel love. This is a very big part of it. Let's read this and... and, uh, I believe we'll wrap up. We may, you know, I don't think we're quite done. We'll see. But there's, there's a lot here in, in, in this area. Ephesians 4, verse 26. It says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let me mention this. You can be angry. It doesn't mean you have to sin. Anger is not evil. Jesus was angry. God's, the Bible says many times, God was angry. That's not, that's not the, the problem. It's what we do with it. You can be angry and don't sin. It says, be angry and do not sin, nor let the sun, do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. We give de- the Satan a place, like we were saying, in multiple ways. Give, give Satan a place in your life. Give Satan a place in the hearer's life. You give Satan a place in your children's life when we let certain, certain words come out. That, that may be they hear for the rest of their life. And that's a sobering thought. Thank God for the grace of God. Verse 28, Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give who has, him who has a uh, need. Let, verse 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that means building up, that it may impart grace to the hearers. It says, don't let any corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, necessary building up. In other words, words that are constructive, that build up, rather than tear down, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Grace. You could easily say impart love. God's grace toward us. His mercy, His grace is, you know, one, one definition is unmerited favor, but it's much bigger than that. But you can see that it's... it's kindness. It's building up. It's not tearing down. That's what our words are supposed to do, is build up, not tear down. 
Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed by, for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, anger, or bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, is that word again, forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you. So verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do you know it grieves God when we let these type of words fly out of our mouth? You know, if, you, if we're two Christians and you're putting down another person, I'm not going to get to James, but James has a lot to say in this in James 3. He's saying, you, you bless God with the mouth, but you tear down and curse men. And he said, these things ought not to be so. Salt water and flesh, fresh flowing from the same source should not be so. It grieves God. It grieves the Holy Spirit when we're tearing apart his son or daughter that we're talking to. I know these things can, I mean, these are sobering things. And thank God for his mercy and his grace that help us. And like we said to begin with, we can grow and keep coming up. The biggest thing is we have to yield to the Lord and help him, help, uh, uh, let Him help us to come up and control what we're saying and just think about, is this bringing help? Is this bringing grace? Is this building up? If it's not, we got to start cutting it out. And then we can start having our relationships just, just come up. I mean, we don't have to wonder. Do you like words that are edifying said to you or words that are destructive putting you down? Well, every person wants edifying words. Well, it's the same thing. And if everybody's speaking edifying words and lifting each other up, it's like heaven on earth. We can have a heavenly atmosphere because there, there's none of that in heaven. There's none of the destruction and the evil words. There's a ton of it here. And that's why it's so important we got to be careful what we hear because we hear that, we're going to emulate it. It's, so, it's everywhere. Everybody feels like they have the right to just badmouth everybody regardless. And Christians, that's not our place. Not talking about being spineless. Talking about, you don't have no right to deride another person like, you know, you can, you can deal with what they're saying, but to destroy them, there's they're somebody God, that Jesus died for. And sometimes we get the attitude that, well, I'm a Christian and I know better and they're just, they're, they're just wrong. And they may be wrong and evil, speak about what they're, they're talking about and doing, but you start dealing and judging them, that's not our job and we're, we're, sta we're on the wrong ground then. That's not love, and we're, we're just messing with the wrong thing. You're giving Satan an open door. But everybody does it. I'm not saying everybody. I mean, it is pervasive in society. So we've got to watch our words in, that, in that, uh, relate, that, that area. Praise God. We'll probably, uh, we'll see. We may pick that up. I don't know that we're done with that, that area. But God is... God is so faithful to help us, to, to help us grow, to come up. And when we'll look on the inside, 
Before we say something, we'll see. If we're going to say the wrong thing, there's something down there trying to get our attention saying, no, don't say that. And he, that same something that somebody that's, that's it down there, that, that will, uh, he will help us to say the right thing. No, don't say that, say this. And turn something from where it could have gone really bad to it goes well. Amen.